got the original crew here together. Jimmy Carn, of course, he's been on, uh, you know, most of the 151 episodes, something like that. One, I think it's like 155 now. Something I like can't, that. I can't tell. I mean, like it's, it's been cool. The especially all the work you did to incorporate some of the interview series stuff, um, all the Bobcast work that, that you and Jake uh, did, all kind of made the way the channel. So the the count is kind of kind of thrown off, but. Uh, I, I looked back, I think it's been five years since we started, uh, the first episode. So I think that's right. 2019. That's actually a wild thought. Yeah. It's, yep. That's pre COVID as well. And there mm-hmm. he is. The man himself, uh, Bradley Tyndall. I think episode 99, I think is where you ended. And then shame, shame. Yeah, it's not shameful. It's just what it is. No one, no one holds it against you, but we have missed you here on Rooster and the we were Rooster and the Devil for a long time, better name, mm-hmm. but now we're Rooster and the Villain. It's only fair. It's only fair. It's great to great to rejoin, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe not 50 episodes in between the next one, I hope. I feel like something happened at episode 99. We have to look back at a date on that, like what changed. I forget you know? what exactly it was. I think it was a combination of – I you got married around that time, and then I kind of lost interest for a bit. And then Jimmy kind of sparked it again and was like, hey, I'm interested in doing the podcast. And then we picked up a couple episodes and then, you know, I got all involved with the Maryland Bobcats and then some interviews and stuff came up. And now we're kind of rolling on uh, weekly episodes again I, since the beginning of the Prem season. So, you know, we're back. Uh, I talk a lot of Villa with uh, Jimmy, obviously. We talk a lot of Brighton with Jake. I don't know if you listen to the podcast at all. Doesn't really matter, but uh, I we do. talk a lot. I do. Right? I at least catch every other at minimum. Oh, interesting. Nice. All right. We'll start giving you some shout outs then. You and Helder. And actually, got to shout out my friend Ian Sawyer from uh, Montgomery Spurs. I want to get him on the pod. He's got to come on uh, one of these weeks. He's also a fellow NIHer, just like me. Nice. But I digress. Uh, should we jump right into Tottenham since we've got got brad here oh wait and we're fresh fresh off a uh, fresh off a game today with uh, lots of interesting uh stuff to talk about so yeah did you, watch the, whole did you thing? watch the whole thing did you say that at the same time as i did did you say that you said the same I, we you both i think we're hitting miss for it right? i feel like common thing. synced oh, up that's baby great. That's great. it's happened a couple times in history michael uh just a couple times but did I, I missed part of the second half. I was uh, going to blow a bunch of money on a stupid vehicle. Um, so I missed oh, not the start in particular of the second half where there was a flurry, um, a cluster of goals that occurred for, for Spurs. But uh, Jimmy, did you catch any? Well, I, I just wanted to back up for a second and just to, just to lay out for everyone how, how dedicated a, a Spurs fan Bradley is. Not only did he get a beautiful new vehicle today, but he got it in Spurs Lily White, which is uh, very impressive. Your dedication to uh, Spurs fandom, so well done. Of course. Um, of course. I did. Uh, I, I watched the entire first half, and I watched uh, the first ten minutes of the second half before uh, I had to step out to go get kid, uh, kiddos today. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was spicy, right? Like uh, um, uh, lots of action, especially second half. You know, I missed. Um, I missed some of those other goals, but I got to see the first two. Let's yeah, talk about the first half first because they were getting thoroughly outplayed by by uh, Brentford. Not thoroughly outplayed. You know, we had some chances ourselves, but 
it was all, it, it felt like Brentford was definitely threatening way more. And then you have a uh, little tiny runt boy, asshole, <laughs> Neil Mope, uh, scoring kind of a lucky goal off of his back foot. Like he was sliding in and he just kind of barely caught it like a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> there it is. And then he throws the dart celebration with our boy Ivan Tony, who is suspended for 80 games for, for betting on his own games, like in, like a complete imbecile. I hate Brentford. I hope they get relegated immediately. And I hope Neil Mope goes down to League One where he belongs. Wow. Wow. Strong. Premier League shithouser, a championship player, and I like that. That's a that's a Jimmy quote credit for championship level. I I, I don't like Mope. I had him on a fantasy team a couple of years ago. I think when he was at Brighton, and he was terrible to have on your fantasy squad. So I have that against him. But I like Tony. I, I don't I don't know why, but I, I like Tony. Like that finish today, even though it was gifted to him by Udogi, was still class. And I know he was gambling. I did see Vicario said to him apparently quoted as saying to him i hope he didn't bet on that i just hope i, I told him i hope he i hope he didn't bet on the game um <laughs> which was clever and i like i like venom from uh from vicario he's he's a character but i i still like brentford too i don't know i just like their logo the bees i like thomas frank i think michael you, you mentioned like they're getting outplayed well I, I would say like tactically outclassed right like brentford were taking their chances to counterattack. spurs were still playing their football right um playing out from the back trying to be dynamic but they just took advantage of the tactics way better and, and it showed up i mean they could have scored three or four potentially in that first half from what i saw yeah it was scary looking i, I was not enjoying watching what's up jimmy i thought I was say I thought the first half though, like uh, in terms of the way Spurs have been playing, right? Like the early part of the season, James Madison was the creator, right? And then he gets hurt, he goes out for a long period of time. the 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 way you guys like attacked, like you know, you know, went on steroids essentially. Like all of a sudden, all the creativity that that vacuum that that was uh, Madison filling that space became Poro and Udogi coming up inside. So the entire first half, especially with the way how Brentford plays so deep in their block, um, you saw a couple times where Udogi or Poro or Madison were all kind of occupying the same space, and it was just kind of stuck in the back, like either with Betancourt or Romero or somebody like that, where they were just kind of like waiting for guys to like make those run, like because people were occupying the same spaces. I think that's just a little bit too right. It's just a little rust getting Madison back in the fold, getting everybody comfortable with with their roles and responsibilities again with you know with the guys that they have on the field. Um, and you saw that they definitely played better. Obviously, it got more opened up in the second half especially when Brentford had to open up right when they were down after, you know, four minutes into the second half. But I think that was a little bit too, uh, the first half. I, you know, um, I would, I would uh, generously say that as not an excuse, but as a sort of a prescription for why things looked a little disjointed first half for you guys. Interesting. So you think function of like familiarity and, and meshing again in that maybe Poro and Udogi had to fill those roles while Madison was out basically. And it's like, okay, I know I got it up. I got it, guys. Uh, Madison saying to an extent, and like giving giving them space to to shift how they were playing previously. 
Yeah, you think you think about like you know not that uh, they weren't capable of making those runs in or tucking in like you see popular now right with a lot of fullbacks, but like with Madison in that space, those first you know couple months, he was you know right underneath that those three attackers, and uh, you saw those guys those attacker guys uh, like Sonny like to tuck in, um, and then on the other side Kulusevski can come in on his left foot, and that allowed space on the outsides mm-hmm. for both. Uh, Odogi to operate down to the byline, Poro down to the byline with Madison out and them kind of missing that connecting piece without like a real good answer. You guys have lots of really good defensive midfielders, but missing that sort of creative player. What you saw was is they'd get up and then you almost saw Odogi and Poro cut in and like sit either in between like the wingers and the striker or just underneath mm. and they became sort of that connecting piece. So like with those guys comfortable doing those runs and then Madison back in there, you just, you just got kind of a log jam. Um, I think just tactically talking out and, and probably at halftime that those things came up. Um, it's just sort of a change in familiarity again is my point. Yeah, I think that's shit, probably, yeah. yeah, that's probably spot on. At halftime, you know, speaking of tactical changes, they did bring on two very interesting subs. They they uh, removed Benton Kerr and Skip, so they got rid of that center defensive midfield pairing, and they brought on Brennan Johnson and Hoybier. And, you know, I actually missed the first five minutes of the second half, too. I had a, uh, a little work thing I had to take care of come up. I had the game on, but it was just like, you know, parallel to me, 15 yards with the sound off because I was trying to concentrate. And then I glanced at the TV. I just like leaned back in my chair and glanced at it. It was 2-1. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I was very upset. I, I, really glanced, I, I leaned back in my chair like, four minutes earlier and it was zero one. I was like, Oh good. Like I got a second to, to answer this. And, uh, no, yeah, I missed, I, I missed both those goals it was, and it was NBC. So I couldn't rewind like on Peacock, you can rewind and then I would have been able to see it. So I did see, I saw the goals later on Twitter, uh, or X or whatever you want to call it now. So I, I got to, uh, miss the most exciting part of the season as well. It was a shame, but you know how do they how do they make that change in that uh, center defensive midfield by taking out two you know Bentinker and Skip bringing Hoybier and Johnson? I don't even know what the formation was after that change. Do you? No, I can only speculate that Hoybier would be covering more. I have no idea because Johnson was way up the pitch on that goal that uh, he had. Right? He was yeah. So then just did Madison tuck in more? You know. Uh, defensively to cut to cover some of that ground because you know it's not Werner or Kulusevsky so I mean was it just a complete gamble or were they doing something crazy unique and playing with it's, one defensive midfielder and I don't it's know kind of, it's kind of an inverted 4-4-2 with uh Hoybier and uh Madison like center mids and then mm-hmm. um either like Werner or Kulusevsky kind of move up front with Charleston, right and then yeah. johnson and the other guy are kind of your out quote unquote outside mids but i mean it's it's a real rough form it's just like where they start like but you guys are so you guys play like your team plays total football right like guys are largely pretty positionless where they're pretty interchangeable as they're rotating throughout the field so it's just a starting point everything else is just everyone's so comfortable now with where they're supposed to be um well guys that have been healthy in the, in the system right yeah, but that's a hell of a two minutes to start that second half. You have Yudogi scoring in the 48th minute, who had kind of a rough game, I would say, overall. The pass on the Tony goal was... Yeah, it's bad. 
is really bad. Is really bad. And I've been seeing whispers of Udogi criticism on uh, Reddit and Twitter and kind of ignoring it because I think he's been great. But it was kind of glaring in that situation. But he does pull him back with the goal himself. And, you know, who else are we sticking at left back? It's not going to be Davies. So we're going to stick with Udogi. Yes. Is Sessignon still getting healthy, or like did he get set back? <sighs> set back oh, yeah. again. I heard. Yeah. Yep. Struggled so much. Such a shame for Sess. Yeah, I, 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 I won't go on a Udogi rant, but I fucking love him. I, I just, right. he's fantastic. He's so physical. He's like six foot one. I don't know. He, I think he's a freak of nature. Clever on the ball. Always, uh, I mean, in the attacking third, he's he's fantastic, both passing-wise and movement-wise, and, you know, has a couple goals this year at at left back, so. Yeah, bodies up up on on defense as well. Um, Yeah, he's done done jobs on a couple excellent Premier League forwards and wingers. Um, But, yeah, still only 21, so he's going to make some mistakes and – we know Ange says that's okay, but that one was, I mean, you don't get a more direct, like, mistake leading to goal, that stat. Was, yeah. like they should have another category that's, like, right, like absolute <laughs> giveaway. I don't know, like, as close as you can get to an old goal. <laughs> right. Literally, Ange, him and Vicario, one-on-one, he just gifted yeah. on that pass. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah, he didn't see him. He didn't see him. Yeah, you got to credit you on the assist on that, right? Like that's your punishment. You you, you get an assist for that. Right. Um, or might be helpful for your fantasy team, Jim, if you got the assist for that one, right? Yeah, some sort of anti-assist or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't want go. Oh no, I was, I'm sorry. You go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll save my no, question. I was just gonna say, uh, Richarlson then tucks one away in the 56th minute. Uh, although the the Timo Werner pass too, I do want to point out to Brendan Johnson, to a um, you know left footer going up the left wing, perfect little ball slips past the goalie and Brendan Johnson gets a tap in. Um, yeah, all all good things. We have you know probably Basuma Sar will be back on the weekend. Um, Sunny and Basuma back soonish, so we're kind of weathering the storm here. I wanted to ask, since I, I have the rare opportunity to have both you guys on right now, um, uh, I'm only going to ask about, about Werner because he's really the only one that's played. Um, I, I, I'm still excited for you guys about that signing. I know people are immediately like, it was like first game he missed a shot. He's like, oh, choked in front of goal again. Um, but what is, what, is, what is your guys' been assessment in just the few games you've got to see him play? I I think I was always scared of him when he was at Chelsea, um, just because of the movement that he creates, right? Mm-hmm. But I also saw the end product, and of course was mocking him for it while he was at Chelsea as well, like a Mudrik, right? To an extent, does everything right to get into that position. I'm hoping that Ange's system is what adds the value, if you will, like you already have a fundamentally dynamic player who makes amazing runs, who has great movement and feels like pretty rapid speed is obvious. Um, so the pasta system isn't dependent upon an out and out striker necessarily. Right. Um, and so I I've seen, I've seen him be already fitting into the team. I mean, he started, didn't he start like the, I think, 
first first one he was eligible to, he at least came in i don't know if he made a full yeah. debut well, he, he did he did uh he did start the first uh, at first asking but that was like uh that was right before we went to the FA Cup weekend breaks and they right. like you guys you had, like i think you had like one other senior guy on the bench cuz it was it was like total injury and people gone for uh asia and afcon um that's right i know you started that game and honestly like that was that was my assessment like i watched that game you know i watched most of today's like the pace is there like he creates the space he seems to interchange well um yes the end product is what it is but like and i don't want to make this comparison because i feel like it maybe sounds negative but he's he's kind of a german richarlison like where he's giving you all of the effort. He's making all of the right movements. You're just not getting, you're not getting the goals per se. And even to Richarlison's credit, you know, like that has changed a little bit this year, right? He's not a prolific goal scorer. You certainly wouldn't call him clinical, but he's, he's scored a couple goals and he's, he's, you know, um, seven and seven, Jim, seven and seven. It's, it's a good season. Like honestly. And so take um, 10, 15, you know, take 10, 15 from Richarlison any year. It's fine. 100% that especially with all the attacking talent you guys have right a little more spread the wealth but that's what I'm saying like if if you know Richarlison can benefit from the system in that way um you know somebody who last year you would have said the exact same thing about him as people were saying about Werner at at Chelsea you know gets there and can't finish well I mean Richarlison a year on is is having a great season I don't see why Werner can't also you know make that turn or have that success because He's doing all of the all of the right things outside of that, um, even more so than Mudrik, right? Like Mudrik is such like a flash. He's even more rapid than than Werner is, but I wouldn't say that his movement is as effective or his ability to link up play. Like I feel like once he gets the ball, he puts his head down and runs. Werner, you can see at least is like you know he's able to play like interchangeable football. So I think it's gonna, I still think it's going to be good for you guys. Um, I hope it pans out well enough that you guys can make the signing and it you know just adds to to some of those options you guys have. I mean, the, Michael, left the left side is where the offense came from today. I thought the interchange between Udogi and Timo was excellent mm. all game long. And uh, yeah, I mean, Timo's got three assists already. He's integrated in the team nicely at a time when that left wing was a massive position of need. You know, Brian Hill hasn't really worked out. Sonny's in Asia. Um, yeah, so it's just been, I think it's been a great signing, early business, cheap. Um, you know, I think it's got all the, all, all the right pieces. I'm a big Timo fan. And especially when I watch his interviews post game, uh, he just gives a hilarious interview. He speaks very good English in a, in a German accent, which I always love. I called, I called the coach, uh, he says, you know, we don't just score goals. We, we assist to, uh, awful, awful. I, I have a good yeah. But uh, yeah, he's he's all about the assists now, and I think that he he made a couple passes where you know they were not great, you know, giving the ball away cheaply. But then that's kind of the price you pay for trying to make dangerous, incisive passes is that some of those passes don't go through. So yeah, Timo, all in on the the signing right now. I, I very much like it, and I did want to point out one thing. With Madison on the field, I heard the announcer say, now we're uh, nine wins, two draws, zero losses. He has yet to lose in a, in a Tottenham Hotspur jersey. So 
Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Certainly a difference maker. He's super talented. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just like, shout out to Collins on Brentford too. He, uh, Charleston was just kind of angling for position. Barely tapped him. Barely tapped him. And this man acted like uh, someone killed his firstborn child and shot him in the face at the same time. And he just couldn't get off the ground for five. It took, it took four minutes. In the 43rd minute, they got a free kick outside the box and it took them four minutes to take that fucking free kick. I was the, shit, the, 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 the game drag was extremely impressive by Brentford around the 30th to 45th minute. I mean, it, bravo, bravo. Honestly, it was, it was fantastic. Like rethrowing throws, doing the interchange of players to take the throw. Mm-hmm. They were, they threw the book at it. It was beautiful. It was right. beautiful. Fake elbows, everyone dropping. Yeah. And then yeah. immediately smash four minutes. Jefferson Lerma, Neil Mope, James Tarkovsky, or Roy Keane. <laughs> Here's the thing, like Is it Mope, easy? like uh, I mean all those all those guys you listed are like shithousery is fine, but like Keane's the only one that I would know that would like absolutely back it up. Like if like you know, if if it came to it, it wouldn't just be like you know fucking around and doing all this stuff. He'd fucking just take you out. Like if he if he didn't like it, and I don't think any of those other guys would do anything that dirty per se. They're just more of assholes, like annoying assholes. Like I, I you're right. I like to my point. Like I hate Mope, but like I understand exactly what he is. Like I said it in our, in our chat. He's he's Emmy Martinez. I get it. Emmy Martinez. If he wasn't on my team, I'd fucking hate him too because he's <laughs> such. Like the with that, that whole uh, Brentford Villa game where they like uh, clashed, it was like an epic meeting of shithousery titans. Um, but yeah, I yeah, not Mope Mope is currently I would say he's top five shithousery in in the Premier League right now. Top five is Lerma still on Burnmouth? I think he's somewhere else. I thought that I was watching a Premier League game like last week, and right. I heard his Chris, name, and Crystal. I was shocked he was on the other team. Crystal and, uh, Palace, yeah. Palace. Palace, yeah. He hates him too, so. It's a good spot for him, though. They're tough. Palace is tough. It is. It is. He's uh, he's having a hard time getting on the field consistently, I think. Well, he played 90 minutes today. They beat Sheffield United 3-2. Um, or yesterday, I apologize. Not not today. Um. Iberichi Eze with two goals. Oh, yeah. Very nice goals, too. Yeah. It's good to see him back. Worldy. Doesn't matter. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on Tottenham Hotspur well, from like, North I would, we, I mean, we talked about today, um, Brad. We haven't, uh, we haven't got a chance to ask you Spurs questions in a while. Um, I, I, I won't make you uh, be Captain Hindsight, but I guess – from what you've seen from the beginning of the season to this point and knowing where you guys are at health wise position, the table and stuff like that, like what are your realistic expectations for how the rest of the season would play out? Like um, if you were a betting man. Yeah, I, I think, I think there's too much leakiness at the back for me still. I think maybe that's the final portion for pasta to figure out that takes a little more time. I love end of end. I love Romero, but it feels a little too leaky for me. So I worry about the number of goals that they're going to 
let in. Um, so I think top four would be great. Uh, you know, you get sick of saying that, but I really do. I think top four would be would be great. Um, I would really love to see uh, a, a, a top three because I think Liverpool and City are are so strong, and you've got the the Klopp um, piece to an already stellar Liverpool squad. Uh, assuming Salah's fine with his injury. And of course, City, the White Walkers, as Jimmy always likes to say, are, are, they're always coming. So I, I don't see a really realistic shot at the title, even though they're only eight points off top, I think, um, and they do get to play Liverpool again, and they get to play um, City at home still, I believe, and Arsenal at home, where they can control a little bit. But yeah, I would say top, top, I would love to see that third spot, just just to say, hey, you're you're close. Um, and I love the football. It's fun, but every year watching Spurs is fun in some way. I would say this is the most joyful fun, if that makes sense. Um, it's actually enjoyable instead of like, I'm still having fun, but I, you know, my pants are on fire and, um, and, and I'm falling, you know, off of a bridge. Um, (laughs) this is actually enjoyable. So yeah, it's been, it's been so much fun to watch. I love Angie's football. It's fantastic. So, I mean, and you you guys haven't had the opportunity to ask this question very often so far this season, but just in the way you guys normally line up with all these guys coming back and it's not just like, you know, pie in the sky, like everyone's healthy. You have Betancourt, Basuma, Saar, Madison, and I'll even throw in Hoybeer and Skip. Um, Excuse me. Uh, What is, what's your starting midfield? You're running out. You're running out against Arsenal. You know, for uh, for first place, if you will. Benton, Kersar, Madison. Mike, you like, you like Benton Kerr better than Basuma? Yep, all day. I think I think Benton Kerr, once he gets back up to speed fully, when you look at his performances um, in South yeah. America as well, he's. I think he's class. Benton Kerr more. Yeah. Than anything in the world, but I got used to that Basuma Sar midfield yeah. early in the season. I love Basuma really too. Well. It's fair. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say, but that's it's either the, it's those three, definitely. Pierre, uh, Emil Hoybier, and Oliver well, Skip. It, it can't just be those three, though. I mean, uh, you got to choose between. I guess those four. You need to pick three or four because you got to leave out. You have Madison, Basuma, Sar, and Betancourt. They can all play, and really, Madison is really like your go-to when he's healthy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, then it's it's got to be Sar. I like Sar Bentinker. That'd be my preferred pairing. That's what. Yeah. So you guys are aligned that way. Like I, I agree. And Bentinker, I, I don't have a feeling one way or another about Sar, um, other than like because Sar-boy. of the injury stuff. Well, I mean, like like you mentioned, like the Sar and Basuma had a good pairing going on. I, I don't, I'm not comfortable enough to say that like one of those guys. Like I, I would 100% start Betancourt. I think he's class. I think he's uh, the deep line playmaker that complements the um, the high line playmaker Madison very well. Um, but like the yeah, guy who's going to partner best, like his game yeah. is going to partner best. I, I I wouldn't know who's what you guys think if he if he needs a strong defensive person, strong energetic person, like. Um, what sort of what sort of compliments that that uh, the rest of that midfield? I think Basum is a lot more physical than Sar, right? And can can put in a tackle 
I don't know. I mean, Sar has some of those uh, youth tendencies that Udogi has, where maybe you're a little careless with the ball in places that you shouldn't be. But he's also, you know, you talk about Andrew's system being a joy to watch. I think Sar mm. out there might be, you know, the favorite player for Tottenham supporters in that system when he's playing. But now with AFCON, you kind of like, you know, it's been a while since we've seen Sar in the field, so you kind of adjust to whatever team you see on the field at the moment. He flows. He flows in that system. It's fun. It is a fun season. Like even uh, you know being out of every competition except the the prem now, it is fun. But yeah, you also have to say that we're in the driver's seat for the fourth spot. No offense, Jimmy. You guys look terrible against Newcastle. You're still in FA Cup. You're still in Conference League. Europa, yeah, Europa, Europa Conference League, yeah, Conference League. yeah. Oh. So you, I mean, and your and your teams, you know, a little thinner than maybe the traditional top six clubs uh, in the Prem. So I think we're all of a sudden in the driver's seat, even on points, even on goal differential with Villa. Yeah, Jimmy, can we talk about that most recent game? Because I watched a fair amount of it. I mean, and I would love to hear the same for you. Same question back to you from a Villa perspective. So. This is I was kind of teasing this with Mike earlier, um, uh, offline, if you will. Um, I will. The the the, the last the last five games, the last five games we've taken five points, right? Uh, that goes back to um, end of last year. So you're talking Sheffield United, and then Manchester United, then Burnley, um, and then uh, tied Everton, and then the loss yesterday to Newcastle, right? So two ties and, and, uh, and a win in there um, takes us to that five points. But then just poor performances, right? We, uh, the comeback loss against Man United um, and really getting walked off the field yesterday. Um, I'd like to tell you that there is one main issue, and I'm going to tell you what that is, and that's going to be my, like, all right, I swear to God, I hope that's just it. But in all five of those games, the only thing that changed in those five games that the rest of the season didn't have is that – Clement Langley started at center back instead of Pau Torres. Um, and I know that's just one player and there's some other guys that are, their form has kind of been in and out, but that one always stands out every game, whether not all the goals are his fault or anything like that, but like at least one of them <laughs> every time. And like, no, everyone else around him is also uncomfortable. You saw, um, and it maybe was frustrations, but at the end of that game yesterday, uh, Dougie Louise was getting after him. I like, got off a set piece. Um, both the the first two goals that <clears throat> um, Newcastle scored were um, kind of cleanups off of corner kicks. Um, Fit Shar got both of them, um, yeah. and so like that that part's concerning. I thought coming in, you know, obviously there's the whole like going back to week one, we lost five one to Newcastle beginning of the season, and then we went on a nice run from there. Um, now we're catching Newcastle at like one of their most injured, right? Like they're thin as well. Um, and they, they basically controlled that game. Um, and so I, I think that, that some of the, some of those performances are, um, from Langley I'm going to point to that, but really some of the form has dropped off with some of the other guys too. Like Dougie Louise hasn't scored in quite a few games after scoring a bunch early. Um, uh, Diaby hasn't scored in quite a bit, you know, Ollie Watkins scored, um, in this game, but even he was mostly pretty quiet. Uh, I, I think they're missing some of that connection somewhere. I don't know if it's 
if it is injuries or if this guy is being fresh or whatever it is, uh, you know, I loved Alex Moreno at the end of last year, but, um, you know, him coming in right when Luca Dean got hurt, uh, certainly I don't, I wouldn't say he's had the same impact that Luca Dean had early in the season. Some of that chemistry, I guess, is just kind of, it's just off somewhere with some of these guys. And it's been a long season and, you know, we've been lucky to be largely not that injured, but, you know, the guys are picking up some knocks here and there and some of the, um, some of the performances falling off the last five games. So I'm looking at it, you're, you're, like you just mentioned, you know, we're in fourth, um, but really, you know, fourth, fifth tied on everything with, with Spurs, um, with all those games left. Uh, you know, I think that for me, you know, top end, if we can say in the top five, which should be doable, right? Because even losing to Newcastle, Newcastle, Manchester United, West Ham are all kind of battling right below there in that six, seven, eight slot, even uh, Brighton in there as well. Um, Chelsea kind of, you can always kind of count them in the mix. Um, even after the it loss. Shouldn't be, but but I, I mentally still count them in the mix, but they stink. They, yeah. lost the they got destroyed by Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool does that to a lot of teams though. It is well, it could be could be a Liverpool year again. Could be. Yeah, it could. But to answer your question, Brad, I like I said this at the beginning of the season. Even you know, even at our our fever pitch, right? Like in the, so I point to those five games ago with only taking five points because five games ago uh, we were on thirty nine points. Arsenal was leading at forty. We had a Friday game against Sheffield United before everyone else. We could have you know on paper been in first place going into the weekend only to have that tie and that everything from that is kind of like spiraled out. So it's our first rough patch of the season. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to see them bounce back um, this weekend. Uh, but, you know, if we slipped all the way down to eighth place, but we won like a, a trophy via FA Cup or Europa Conference League, that is a huge success for me. I would, I would take that, um, you know, 10 times out of 10. So the, I, I think that, there's still lots to be done this season. Um, but yeah, I think that where we finish and what we finish is also going to kind of affect what our team roster, or like, or what a roster makeup is going to be like for next year too. So those are all things uh, I think about, but yeah, I, I would take eighth place with a trophy, you know, if without a trophy, if we get knocked out early, I would love to hold on to that fifth place spot. It's fair. There was the long way start. United game because I feel like I remember watching that Sheffield United the one one okay. draw yep but yeah that he was noticeable sense. he was noticeable in the United game too he was very noticeable in the United game he didn't he looked very out of sorts for sure I I, I don't think he's a bad player he just hadn't played like basically he'd only played in our Europa Conference League games uh to that point um you know he's been on loan in different systems the last couple of years um he looked good in Conte's system, like halfway decent. Um, I never I loved think, him out there, though. He's always kind yeah. of like uh, part of that pat, patchwork back line with yeah. Dyer and I don't know. I know Barcelona fans do not like him at all. Well, that's why they kept loaning him out, too. Uh, I, I, you know, I think there's a spot for him in professional football and like high-end professional football, just not – not at these teams that, uh, especially now like like Villa, where it's so dependent on possession and being brave and you know being steady and playing at the back or playing out of the back, um, he, he just doesn't quite have it. And like the thing is, is like he'll go through d- 
decent stretches where he does his job. It's just like just all of a sudden just like a quick lapse or like a um or where he's disjointed with the rest of that defense. Um yeah, that's that's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna point to that as like the one reason why, but yeah. you know, some of the other guys form has dropped off too. So when did he come in? Was he beginning of the season? Had to be, right? Yeah, we we brought we brought him in in, in uh in the summertime on loan. I think right at the end of the window, because it was I, I wanna say it was after the first game because that's when Ming's um, towards ACL. And I think they scrambled to find a left-footed center back for cover, um, so that's why we, we brought him in. Like, we need, we're desperate for money. Here's this man, Langley. He's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> He's very okay. Do you want him? And then He's I, serviceable yeah. in the pinch. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll, we'll take him. We'll take him for cover. I bet you we don't have to play him. We got this this incredibly class Cadillac named Pau Torres. Um. Yeah, but what's Pau's deal? When's he coming back? He like he made a sub appearance a couple weeks ago. I can't remember exactly what the injury is, but I know he uh he's very very close. Um, I don't think it was gonna be this weekend, but you never know. It's hopefully soon. <laughs> Honestly, um, and you know I I think too the other thing that I would ask in. And I don't know what goes on in on the training grounds, right? But I, uh, um, I love what Matty Cash is for Villa, but you know, I I think also too, I I kind of got accustomed to the way we were playing with Diego Carlos at right center back and Kanza out at at uh, right back, if you will. Um, we were also playing well that way with uh, Luca Dean bombing up the left side, so. Um, I know he tries to. It, it's important to be flexible tactically, but um, yeah, some of some of it's just been a little bit. Uh, it, it hasn't been the same chemistry, um, it, which is good, right? Like the, the the top teams are used to be able to face like quote unquote adversity or challenges or stressful times, right? And these guys are just learning, you know, what it's like to have that pressure on them. None of these guys have really really played in anything like that um, before, so. Um, I think they're just going through it. And it, there's still so much out in front of us the rest of the season. I, I, I'm not super worried about it. it. If you told me like we weren't going to win a game the rest of the year and we're going to finish on uh, how many points is it? Like 48, something like 43. that. 43. Yeah. 43. Yeah. Like I think the first two seasons I, I watched, you know, I, I was a Villa fan. 43 was like our point total for the season. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. Like it's, it's been a, a dream season. Continues to be a dream season. Love that. All right. So, um, what when does the transfer window end? I know it ends Thursday. Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow at you think you 11. have any? What business did you guys get over the line? And then, do you think you'll get anything in the last uh, remaining dregs of the transfer window here? So we got a right back. I can't remember his name. Um, Eastern European black country. What's that? Didn't you get somebody from Middlesbrough? No. We got yeah, that was what I sent you guys today. Um, and they were doing like the medical stuff when I checked like an hour or two ago. But um, yeah, Morgan Rogers, he's a um, came through West Brom and then was at City before moving to Middlesbrough. He's played, you know, a decent amount at Middlesbrough, um, especially in cup cup games. Super talented, um, tall, smooth. Um, good finishing ability um 
but he plays like a center attacking mid type role more than, but he can play anywhere across the front line. So he's versatile that way, which is what, you know, Unai loves for our system. I, you know, if they're bringing him in, it doesn't sound like he's signing a five and a half year deal. I don't think that they're planning on loaning him out. Um, my, my thoughts are that, you know, they're not going to permanently sign uh, Zaniolo in the off se- or, you know, off season. He's just on loan with the option to buy. So they don't have to keep him. So letting him go back to Galatasaray and keeping, you know, Rogers with him being uh, 21 years old um, just kind of adds to like that Jacob Ramsey. We, we need some younger guys to start blooding. Um, our team is on paper. We're, we're one of the older teams. So I think that we got a lot of guys in our prime right now, which is good because we're playing well, but um, starting to get in some of these younger guys and getting them into the system is important too. So those are the two big ones. We also got a goalie from Adelaide United. Um, you know, there was lots of heartburn around Robin Olsen as our backup, although he's been hurt for, you know, quite a while now. Um, and to my point earlier about where we finish this season, I don't, if I'm going to tell you right now, if we don't have champions league for next fall, I, I'm at like 85% sure that Emmy Martinez is gone. Somebody's going to come in and buy him. Like it's very much his spoken desired goals that to play for league titles for, to play for champions league. And he's 32 years old. Um, so like for a keeper, I mean, for a field player, it's ancient for a keeper. He's got, you know, probably one good big move, one good, like, you know, a really good big contract left in him. And there's going to be some teams, you think about, you know, where Bayern was with Manuel Neuer's 38 or something like that. Um, uh, Real Madrid, Thibaut Coutois coming off of a torn ACL. Is he going to be able to play? He could go to Madrid. Um, so there's there's going to be teams that, that could come in for him. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. So uh, that's that's my other concern too, you know, as we kind of build this out is largely we've gotten away with some shit this year because, I mean, Martinez is, you know, he is by definition the only world-class player that's really on the squad. Like Ali Watkins is great, one of the better uh, strikers in the Premier League, but I mean, Martinez is, is world-class and uh, we don't have very many of those. And I'm not surprised, you know, that he's going to have that, that sort of expectation of uh, what he wants his career to be, especially as he kind of finishes out here. So, but yeah, those are, those are our signings. Um, you know, I mentioned Werner for you guys. You guys got to see uh, a kiss of Dragason uh, come on um, late. Um, was there any other movement? Um, like, uh, you guys, you guys recalled some guys though, right? Like, it sounded like Dane Scarlett's going to stay with. I saw there was a, um, was it Sevilla came it came in today and is uh, made a loan offer for Valise. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you, how do you guys feel about that? Any of the the loans or you know either incoming or, or outgoing? He's healed up. Sounds like it sounds like a straight loan, no option to buy. So, get some playing time potentially. La Liga, good experience. Be good with that. He speaks too, which is a uh, yeah comfort thing for him. I'm, I'm sure yeah. as a, as a young man, I feel like speaking the language would be nice. Oh, for sure. I didn't actually sure. see that news earlier too, so that's all that's news to me. Uh, I'm, I'm I keep keep hoping Brian Hill will officially go out on load to Brighton, but uh, yeah, yeah, don't see him. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if that gets over the line. I don't no incomings. It sounds like. Ain't right out of the angel's mouth, so you yeah. think we're all set? Um, I, I'm sure he w- he wished he could have got a chance to play, but obviously, uh, uh, Reggie, you know, going uh, coming back from Man United, going out to Bright, uh, out to Brentford, 
um, you know, you kind of wish him luck. I, I feel like um, it's surprising that he must have like just really wanted to play and not wanted to like, you know, I guess stay and fight, or maybe they just told him like, Hey, you're never going to play, but you guys don't have like with Sessian hurt there. Um, and granted, Odogi has been fantastic this year, but you, you know, it's nice to have somebody else that's in that spot that can push uh, people through, especially when they're on um, struggling times. Um, but yeah, you feel like he's got to be gone in the summer, right? Like that's kind of where, he, where he's at. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll be off to uh, La Liga probably with Hill and LaCelso too. LaCelso has been like showing flashes, but I, yeah, not enough. Not enough. I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll see him all go. I'd be good with Geo Stan, uh, but I, I don't, I don't see him breaking into consistent. Right. I don't know if that's what he wants. So it's, it's pretty damning, right? That, you know, Madison was out for as long as he was in, you know, Geo being should have been like a, you know, perfect Ready fit for yeah. yeah but yeah he scored a stunner against Villa I'll, I'll give him that like was a hell he's, of a city as well. he's just hurt a lot yeah. I was like Gio but yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna break in especially when Sonny gets back from uh from Asia there's just not enough room up there for anybody wasn't cheap either I want to say like yeah 36 million little cheaper than Ndombele Oh God! Dang it! Fatty is now, Brad. He's still on. He's still on loan, right? Like he, you guys, he's still on under contract with you guys. He's coming back, right, in summertime. Yeah. End um belly. Yeah. End yeah. Belly. End belly. Still say it wrong. Such a shame. Eh, whatever. He doesn't feel huge wages bad. as well. Just. I still have. I still have him in a in a Bergvine jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's so good. And now I buy nameless jerseys. Oh man. <laughs> Never getting burned again. No, I'm not. I'm not. All right, gents. Uh I think let's let's end this one a little bit early. We'll do some rants and then we'll get on out of here. Brad, you it's been a long time since you've had the uh floor. Do you want the floor first or last? Uh no, definitely not first. I I, yeah. I need yeah. a second. None of us. It's good to be back. Yeah. yeah. I've got nothing to do now. I'm just stalling for time. I'm hoping Jimmy has something. Uh I mean nothing crazy. I I um I'll uh filibuster for a minute. Um I did uh <laughs> I, I I did laugh at I saw a headline that said that um uh, another incident happens and it's official VAR is completely broken. And I laugh. I think, um, you know, I, I reference it just cause it was a lot of fun, but you know, years ago or five years ago, as we mentioned, 2019, I did an episode by myself where I talked about VAR and like the application and like how we are as a society with like referees and this desire to be absolutely fucking perfect. And, you know, for me, I think, I think VAR is just as flawed or, uh, and it's impossible to take a sport full of these, you know, incredible athletes moving at intense, incredible you know, speeds and try to break it down frame by frame for some of the stuff. If it's just off sides, which I also have a problem with because we go 45 minutes after a goal to check off sides. 
um, those sort of things. Like I am, I am here to say that I'm, I'm okay with, with VAR the way it is right now. I, I, you know, as egregious as it is, it's pretty consistently egregious and fandoms will point to like, Oh, this team gets way more calls than this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. They're going to say it's not, it's not consistently applied, but none of the stuff they're trying to apply it to. And some of these issues, the big ones that come up have been the like apples to apples. They're all apples to fucking bananas. Like, yeah, they're a fruit, but we're not even talking about the same fucking shape guys. Um, so those like in general, like just like everyone needs to fucking take a chill pill. Just, VAR is not going anywhere at this point. We've opened Pandora's box. We can never shut it, right? And I think that VR is necessary because of how good TV coverage was. You people saw replays and just all of a sudden start losing their fucking minds. Right. Um, you miss a call and the and the referee is yeah. going to be uh, getting death threats from some there's, lunatic. There's thousands and thousands of cameras in these places. And so, like, yeah, you start to see pictures. Like, you think about, like, the Thierry Henry handball for France against Ireland and to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, however long ago it was, 2010 or 2014, I can't remember. Like those sort of things, like those are captured. And so eventually VR is going to have to happen. I think it's at this point, it reminds me of the same level of like argument and error and uproar as there's ever been about when you talk about people and you talk about referees and maybe everyone should just fucking relax. Cause it's like, I, I, I think again, these these men and women, like so we are seeing female referees now, are doing a really, 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 really good job in a in a position that nobody else wants to fucking have. They just want to criticize it. Um, but I'm, I'm here to say, like, you know what? VR is here. I'm I'm annoyed with uh, how long it takes to replays, but it's just part of the game now. I'm almost used to it. I'm almost like surprised when they are like, "Yep, that's a goal." I'm like, "Oh, are you sure you don't want to look at that a little longer?" Right. Uh, up. Yeah, but it's. It's here. It's not going anywhere. And like everyone just fucking relax. Like if we spend so much time worrying about like one little call here or this, like one referee decision when there's a thousand other decisions that happen every second, like from the players in the game, we're not going to point fingers at the players actions or their responses or like all of those things. Like come the fuck on. Like it's not always the referee's fault. It's not always like these hour you know hour and a half long games hour and 45 minute long games now with all the extra time are are being played with a million moments that are going to happen and those things are going to way more determine the outcome of the game than than the referee's call and, and i think they're 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 doing fine and it's just and the the shit that this missed is part of the game it's you you can never legislate out human error um not in sports anyway uh so yeah everyone just fucking take a chill pill Far is not dead. It's just going to come out in a different version. But the more you bitch about it, the more they're going to add to it. The longer so it's going to take. Something to worse. Yeah, just just relax and watch the fucking game. I'm like, come on. Well said. I like that. Well Mark. said. I I, I heard uh, a stat today that the side judges, side judges, the linesmen, right. yep, assistant judges. Uh, Ninety-six percent of the time are getting the offsides correct. Like when they go back and check, right? They go back and validate with VAR. I mean, that's really that's that's a great number. Um, so yeah, they're not perfect, but and also I think you just I was just going to mind. I think you just need to be grateful watching a Premier League, FA Cup game, whatever it may be, and be grateful that you're not watching the NFL. You know, <laughs> because by comparison, your stoppages are drastically less substantial 
Let me tell you. Okay? Seriously. Than an NFL game. Four hours. We don't need to go. You've seen the graphs online. You understand the actual amount of play that you're watching. And it's astronomically different than the NFL. So be grateful when you're watching a, a, a football match because you are having a better time than watching an NFL game. And I just have to say on the Detroit Lions, because I don't think I've talked to either of you about it. The Lions had a fantastic year, but that third quarter was so beautifully symbolic of the last 30 years, all wrapped up into a 15-minute period. It was so perfect, and I will just say that I'm very grateful, truly grateful for the season, Dan Campbell, blah, blah, blah. Future looks good. They won more than one playoff game, but so grateful that that did not occur in the Super Bowl because it would have been so much more soul-crushing for them to do that. Um, that third quarter was incredible, and if even if you're not an NFL game, just go watch and watch watch what occurred because there are things that you never thought could happen to a football team happened in that third quarter, and I'm here to tell you that's been happening for 30 years. But it was a great year. It was a lot of fun. I have not Cheers. watched a full football game in two seasons easily. Easy. Because the commercial. I, you turned I to be a big football guy. Big football yeah. guy. Big. And now, yeah, give me the uh, the foot football all day because no fucking commercials. It's great. Good rant. Jimmy, you, have, you look like you're dying to say something. Dying to say something. No, I was just saying. Inside. Yeah, no, I'm 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 good, buddy. I'm good. This was uh this was fun, boys. A little bit uh a little bit of blast in the past. I actually got like uh like flashback uh COVID vibes. We're like, hey, I haven't seen you guys in like eight months, but uh, I get to see you on the camera. Yeah, I mean that kind of. Yeah, that was a weird year, that COVID year, watching those empty stadium games. And uh, I remember when the Bundesliga, I think they came back first. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching Bundy games, and then that was like the first glimpse of anything normal. And now we're in 2024, and things are pretty much back to normal. We did a Bundesliga, I think, sorting hat because they were like, they're coming back, and we're like, we got to talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my rant is quick. Brad, good to see you back. You're welcome back anytime. That's all I got. I've seen horrors. Foros to Luton. But you have no right to call us a banter club. You have a right to mock us. You have a right to do that but you have no right to judge us. It's impossible for words to describe what is necessary to those who do not know what horror means. Horror. Horror's poor counterattack defense and being down 2-0 within two minutes. And you must make a friend of horror to be a Brighton fan. Horror and moral terror are injuries an international duty for your best players. If they are not back soon, then these score lines are to be feared. They are truly bound for the middle of the table. The horror. The horror.